Arguably the most influential figure in modern sports media is retiring. It's Friday, September 22nd. I'm senior writer Owen Poindexter, and this is Front Office Sports Today. Rupert Murdoch is stepping down as chairman of Fox and News Corp. Joining me now to discuss is front office sports senior writer, Mike McCarthy. Welcome, Mike. Uh, Glad to be here. It's a historic day. Um, Whether you love or hate old Rupert, he has changed sports TV forever. Yeah, and I think it's it's hard to like be neutral on Rupert Murdoch, but yeah, give us a sense of of this man's impact. So yeah, what did, let's maybe start in ninety one, ninety two, maybe ninety three. How did he come on the scene here? Uh, actually, Owen, uh, he started out as a stalking horse, a, a bogeyman that the league used as a weapon against traditional networks to say to them, if you don't give us enough money, we're going to go to this guy, Rupert Murdoch, and he's a wild man and he'll overpay. Well, you know what? The day finally came in 1993 when he did overpay. He wildly overpaid for the NFC package that had long been held by CBS Sports, and he took it away from CBS after decades there, and it changed TV forever because now CBS Sports was out of the NFL business Fox was in the NFL business with nothing but a contract. They had no people, no stars, no announcers, no cameras. They didn't have a bedpan. But they went in there and they took a different approach, Owen, and love them or hate them, they changed the business forever. Yeah, and I'll say he did the same thing in the UK, right? I think in 92, he also owned Sky Sports at the time. And and he barged into the Premier League, overpaid for that too. Again, like not really having any kind of base there. Um, and now it's like the NFL and the Premier League. Can you name two two sports media properties that you'd you'd rather have that you can, like you know, networks will happily overpay for those right now because that's what they need to get anyone to to watch their shows. And I think Murdoch understood that from from early days. Yeah, uh, you know, it wasn't just Mur- Murdoch; it was David Hill, and you know, and uh, a whole team of great uh, people he had working for them. But you know, Murdoch gets credit for building that team and making it happen. And, you know, think of all the things we take for granted now in sports television, Owen, that, you know, millions of people don't know started with Rupert Murdoch and Fox. The score bug on your screen, you know, before uh, Fox had the NFL, there wasn't a time and distance calculator on your screen. If you turned it on an NFL game, you didn't know what uh, play it was, what down it was, what the point was in the game. That was an innovation that was created by Rupert Murdoch's uh, Fox Sports. Take the modern uh, pregame show. You know, we take Fox NFL Sunday for granted because it's been number one for 30 years, but they basically created that show from scratch and surpassed uh, the NFL today. And uh, if you want to go even further, take a look at Fox News. If uh, the uh, Fox doesn't get the NFL and become a real network, they don't create Fox News, and Fox News doesn't overtake CNN. So it's like kind of a uh, one of those ideas where there's a rock thrown in the pond. The, the ripples from this have literally spread out for decades. Yeah, and and right, it, it's hard to like you know encapsulate all this in in a short conversation. But yeah, it's also global too. I mean, I mentioned the UK, and you know he's um, yeah he's in Australia. He, he's all over the place. Um, and and the the empire, you know, has only gotten larger over time. Um, and, you know, with with the whole 
cord cutting phenomenon and how streaming networks are are leaning and most of them are, are leaning into live sports as a way to be like, you know, come to us. You know, like we, if you can't tell the difference between Paramount and Peacock and all the others, you know, we're the ones with, with these NFL games. We've got the Premier League. We've got La Liga. We've got a few MLB games. Um, and and I, I just feel like um, even though I don't think of Fox Sports and that whole empire as being a leader in, in that push, um, it kind of reminds me of how Murdoch would, would, would as you said, overpay for these high value uh, sports properties. And then everything flowed from there. Yeah, it, it was a one two punch, Owen. You know, Murdoch was the money man who would overpay to get a valuable sports right, which was undervalued. And then David Hill was his sports guy. David Hill was a global guy, came in, uh, came up from Australia took a look at how they televised U.S. sports, namely pro football, and said, we could do this so much better. You know, we could utilize ideas that I've had in Australia and ideas that they used in Europe and apply them in American television. And you know what? All the 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 yahoos in America, all the supposed geniuses didn't think it was going to work. This will never work. Why would you put a score bug on the screen and only irritates the viewer? Well, guess what? You couldn't live without it right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and just... Any final thoughts on on the impact that that Murdoch's had in, in the sports media world as we kind of enter this new era? Well, I, I have one final thought. I mean, this year, uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are celebrating their 22nd year together. That makes them the longest running NFL announced duo ever after the late, great John Madden and Pat Summerall. And that started on Fox Sports NFL coverage 30 years ago. Yeah, right. All right. Fascinating stuff. Mike McCarthy, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. The MLB season ends on Sunday, October 1st, and it's been a year that shows that money can't always buy happiness. The top three spending teams this year, according to Spotrack, were the New York Mets with $344 million, the Yankees with $279 million, and the San Diego Padres with $253 million. And barring a miracle, none of them are making the playoffs. The last time that none of the top three spenders in baseball made the playoffs was 2008. Those three teams were the Yankees, the Mets, and any guesses on the last one? The Detroit Tigers, who used to spend a lot of money and often have very good teams. Back to this year, the third and fourth lowest spenders, the Rays and Orioles, have already clinched playoff spots. On balance, teams that spend more money win more games. But every year, someone proves that just because you're spending doesn't mean you're winning. Starting Friday, until the season starts, the Milwaukee Bucks can sign Giannis Attentacumpo to an extension, and even though he's under contract for this season and next, this is one of those cases where the player has a lot more power than the team. Giannis has made it clear enough that he wants to win, and if he doesn't think it's going to happen in Milwaukee, he's going to go elsewhere. So if the Bucks want to keep him, they're going to have to find the right complementary pieces around him, Drew Holiday, and Chris Middleton, and not just for this year. Giannis is due $45.6 million this year, $48.8 million next year, and has a player option for $51.9 million after that. So he has lots of options for how to play this and no real incentive to commit to anything right now. The Bucks, meanwhile, can only put the best team they can around him and hope it's enough to keep him in Milwaukee. Up next, I spoke to Topgolf executive Jeff Cottrell. Topgolf is at the forefront of the modern golf movement, which is more about shorter, more casual play, and is a far cry from the country clubs. Jeff explains the whole ethos that put them in that position and where they're going next. That conversation is coming up right after this. I am joined now by Topgolf Chief Brand Officer Jeff Cottrell. Welcome, Jeff. 
Thanks, Owen. Nice to be here. Great to have you. So to start, I, I just want to ask you about the ethos of Top Golf because it's not like too many other businesses. It's sort of, in my mind, analogous to a bowling alley, but if you're there, it doesn't feel like a bowling alley. Um, so what is the overall Top Golf vision? The overall idea of, around Top Golf starts with the fundamental idea around around the idea of play and our belief that uh, the world needs more of it. In you know, the world needs more play in it, if you will, and our sort of belief in the unlimited power of play, and by bringing more play to a world that's you know very stressful, very busy world these days, um, just to bring a little play and to lighten up and to have some fun. That's really what we're all about. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, obviously we, we cover all the sports here and, you know, mostly at the top level where things are super serious, where, and, you know, like these athletes are many levels above what a normal person can do. And also, yeah, there's, there's all this, you know, this contract talk, this, you know, these, all the stuff about play calling and, you know, being devoted to your craft. And it does get away from that, that feeling of play that is kind of, you know, what people why people are interested in sports from, yeah. from, you know, from being a kid. Right. I mean, think about it. We were, you know, when I was young, my parents used to say, go out and play, you know, go out, just right. go out and play. And we're encouraged to play. Yeah. And then the more you, the, you know, the older you get, the more you grow up, the less you're really encouraged to play. And particularly, mm -hmm. I mean, in professional sports, it's a legitimate business. So I, I understand that, but for the rest of us, you know, we shouldn't lose that spirit of play. It's what, it's how we learned. It's how we learned to interact with people that weren't like us. Uh, it's how we learned to social skills, you know, sometimes physical skills. And for us, it's about we're trying to offer um, an opportunity for people to come and play and experience and enjoy golf, many of whom are experiencing it for the very first time, um, you know, through the lens of play and having fun and laughing and loud music and good food and, you know, very different than um, a lot of people that you used to sort of enter the golf world through, you know, lessons and a golf pro at a country club. And, you know, it's a little more intimidating um, than um, than what we're trying to do. And ours, we're really just focused around letting people play. Yeah, the it does feel very different from from what you generally associate golf with when you enter a top golf. Um, I got a pitch from you guys uh, maybe a few weeks ago, a month ago, on what are called handheads, which are yeah. I'm not even sure how to describe them. It's like a mask that looks like a giant hand over your head. Yeah. Um, they look bizarre, <laughs> and it, what it struck me about it was just that this is like the last thing you would see on a golf course. It would be like you know someone in clown makeup or something. It's like yeah. you know. Well, I mean, we, 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 um, our second round of our come play around campaign, we call it internally call it handheads. Mm -hmm. We shot a bunch of people having a really good time at Top Golf playing, having mm -hmm. fun. And we replaced their heads with giant hands that are golf gloves. And, uh, we wanted to have some fun. Yeah. It's disruptive in the sense that that isn't what you would see in traditional golf. But, um, you know, we live in a world where people are using emojis and hand emojis and hand signs all the time to communicate via text or, you know, or, or whatever, whatever your preferred method of, of communication is. But we wanted to express emotion through the hands instead of using people's faces. Um, and um, I think we did a really good job. It's fun. It's disruptive. It's memorable. And uh, it's also setting us up, I think, to uh, start to maybe have some fun with the golf glove category in general. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, so Top Golf opened a, a 10 hole course in El Segundo in the LA area last year, which I got to go to. Uh, did, was there any kind of 
irony on your end of you know this this the, the new thing for top golf is golf <laughs> like it's you know closer to what people think of as traditional golf well we 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 describe ourselves as we're 100% golf and 100% not golf Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, we jokingly say that's 200% top golf. Like, so <laughs> yeah. we, we love the game of golf. I mean, it's our, our name has got seven letters in it and four of them spell the word golf. We love mm-hmm. golf. We, we, we want the sport, uh, and the industry of golf to grow and to be healthy. So we're not, uh, golf is not our enemy. Golf is our friend and golf is in our heart. So, uh, the opportunity when we opened our El Segundo, um, venue, the opportunity to revive um, a a par three course that was loved by the local community that used to be called the lakes for us to be able to revive that and put it back into operation and put a little bit of a top golf twist on it. It's a 10 hole par three course. The 10th hole has our top tracer technology. So just like as you're watching golf on TV, you see someone hit a shot and you see the trace, we're we're providing that to the players that come. So we're just having fun and and again, respecting the game of golf, but also, you know, trying to push it forward a little bit, you know, golf, golf takes a lot of time and you can play our 10 hole, 10 hole course and, you know, an hour, an hour and a half and, um, you know, have some fun while you're doing it. So yeah. we're, we're, we're delighted with the fact that we were able to do that and excited about how well it's doing. Yeah. And what's, uh, what's on your agenda in terms of, you know, maybe more of those courses or other innovations that you might be bringing to the company? Well, I think, um, I, I don't know that we're, we're not planning to get into the golf course development business, if that's mm-hmm. what um, you're sort of asking. I think this was a unique opportunity for us to to build a venue uh, in El Segundo, a very popular part of you know the L.A. market, um, and then revive the course. We're always open to seeing if there are ideas like that. There are courses where we could also build a top golf and we could help redevelop the course. We're, we're open to that, but it's not necessarily a, a go forward strategy. I think some of the some of the innovation and technology that we bring. I mean, our top tracer technology is now available in all of our venues. So, um, you know, we're we're the um, I think top tracer is the number one tracing technology in the world, just by the sheer numbers of the courses and ranges that they're on, but also the sheer number of people who are hitting golf balls at, at a top golf in a year. Um, so, we're going to continue to innovate that. We're going to continue to innovate on our games. And our overall player experience, we're, we're innovating all the time. And then on the food and beverage side of things, we're constantly innovating with new, new menu items and, and uh, new drinks and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So we uh, are a company that is restless and never at rest and restless in a good way, always trying to look at things. And, and, and I think we have this spirit of, oh, we can do better. We can do better. We can keep pushing. So, mm-hmm. so I think we're, we've done, um, I think, a lot of really interesting, fun things uh, to 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 disrupt the game of golf. We're seeing that off course golf is now actually bigger than on course golf. And we're also seeing that on off course golf places like top golf are driving new players into the sport. So as we continue to expand and access a port, an important access point for the game, we continue to then deliver new players to the game and the game and the sport and the industry can, can grow. So we're, we're part of a giant ecosystem and we're, um, we think we've got a unique way in for, for, for players to come into the game of golf. And we're, we're really focused on that. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. You've got around 80 locations in the U S 90 worldwide. Um, should we expect more expansion on the horizon? Yeah, absolutely. We plan to open, uh, at least 11 venues a year for the next couple of years, foreseeable future, as long as I'm allowed to project publicly. Um, yeah, we've got a number of venues opening between now and the end of this calendar year. 
Um, so yeah, no, we're continuing to build. There's a lot of markets that we're not yet in that we're really excited about entering. I mean, the Los Angeles market up until a little over a year and a half ago, uh, we didn't have any venues. Now we have two venues there. Um, so um, yeah, we're we're continuing to grow. Yeah, cool. And can you say where specifically, or like in terms of countries or regions? I uh, can't say specifically. We're going to continue to grow internationally. We've got a, a, a number of things lined up internationally that we haven't announced yet. And then there's a, I can't really announce what the exact locations are going to be next year, but I, you can rest assured we're, we're, we're continuing to expand. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, also, it feels like you guys wouldn't necessarily be tied to golf. I mean, it, um, you know, you're, you've got food, you've got drinks and you've got, you know, places, little bays where people can, can play. And, you know, in, in your case, it's always hit some golf balls. Have you thought about moving into to other sports, other activities? I think our, our focus has been around providing a unique and interesting experience around the game of golf. I mean, we, one of our, our stated mission is to bring, uh, bring joy to more people through more ways to play the game of golf. I think we, you've seen us show up this past year in the 2K, uh, 2K video game. We've got uh, an experience within Golf Plus, which is in the virtual reality, augmented reality space. Um, so we're going to continue to have the brand show up in places where people are, you know, experiencing the game of golf in in different ways. So we're 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 very much golf, but we're not limited to the traditional way people think about golf. And if I think about you know our role, it's to drive new meaning and broader meaning into that word golf in three, five, ten years when you say the word golf to people who are entering the game now. The, the mental picture in their mind will be very different than currently sort of what what um, a person who's been playing golf for a long time and grew up in golf without top golf in it. So we're excited about what golf is going to be and what golf is going to mean uh, in culture in the coming years. We're excited about playing a part in that. All right. I like that mission. Jeff Cottrell, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me. That's it for today. We are heading into the peak period of the sports calendar, so hit that subscribe button. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. We will see you on Monday.